The chair of the Arizona GOP is escalating a lawsuit to the Arizona Supreme Court in an attempt to decertify Joe Biden's win, effectively taking away his electoral votes from the state, giving a huge advantage to Donald Trump. And if he can pull this off in two more states, well, then Trump would win in a contingent election. But ladies and gentlemen, we are down to the wire. Tomorrow is the safe harbor deadline. The dispute's must be resolved. And if not, then Trump may be able to call several states into question, dispute, and then we won't have the appropriate number of electoral votes to say that Joe Biden won. Thus, Joe Biden is not president-elect, not until the disputes are resolved, the votes are cast and counted. And so long as Donald Trump is refusing to back down, well, then the race isn't over. Right now, we are waiting for a response from Pennsylvania state lawyers to the Supreme Court pertaining to a lawsuit brought by Republicans saying mail-in voting in the state violates the Constitution. The Supreme Court is taking it seriously and moved up the deadline to tomorrow. If the states, if three states are in dispute, well, that's it. Joe Biden doesn't win. It goes to a contingent election. Delegations vote. And Donald Trump takes this. Because of this, I've started to see more and more leftists express worry. As we get closer to these deadlines, you're starting to realize Trump is refusing to back down. He's not going to concede. And he's certainly acting like he's not going anywhere. He's appointing many individuals. He's making change to the federal level. And he's signaling that he fully intends to stay in for another four years. And the left has finally started taking notice. Perhaps it will be another four years of Trump, but maybe not. You see, outside of these GOP lawsuits, that have actual merit, notably the Pennsylvania suit brought by Mike Kelly and Sean Parnell, and this suit in the Arizona Supreme Court, which maybe doesn't have enough merit because it was previously dismissed, but could at least dispute the results. We're also looking at the Kraken lawsuits. Now, these were both just dismissed. This is more breaking news. The reason I don't lead with that is, look, Sidney Powell, the Trump campaign said that she's not representing them. These lawsuits, uh, you know, were about massive voter fraud, extremely difficult to prove. And it was just, in my opinion, a little too far out there. And from this, you know, many people expected these cases to be dismissed. And now we're starting to see a rift in the Trump supporter universe. The reality is Trump supporters, for the most part, don't like the Republicans. And there are many Republicans that do like Trump, but would rather the Republicans win. L. Linwood and Sidney Powell have previously said, don't vote for the Senate Republicans in Georgia, fight for Donald Trump. Well, this has resulted in many Trump supporters saying, that's nuts. You have to vote for these Republicans. Otherwise, the Democrats are going to take over if Trump doesn't pull this off. I guess it really comes down to whether or not you think Trump won. The staunch Trump supporters are adamant that he did and are refusing to back down. And there are many conservatives that think Trump isn't going to make it. And thus, you must win in Georgia. It's hard to know exactly how things will play out, but I think it's fair to predict that Joe Biden is going to be president. Kamala Harris will be vice president. And thus, if the Republicans do not win in Georgia in these Senate races, it's going to be bad news across the board. I'll give you my personal opinion. I'm not a big fan of these Georgia Senate Republican senators anyway. And uh, I probably agree more with the Trump supporters that you better fight for Trump because there's a lot more at stake than just some Senate Republican race. But there is some bad news in Georgia. A Trump campaign lawsuit was just thrown out due to, I guess, a filing error. Trump needs to dispute three states if he's going to pull this off. I'm sorry to say I just don't see it being likely, but don't take it from me. Form your own opinion. Let's actually read the news. Before we get started, 
Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. You see, the left and the mainstream media will tell you, Joe Biden is president-elect, and he has been, except the results. Why won't you submit? Well, the reality is he's not. We haven't even counted the electoral votes. There's still several disputes and the actual counting uh, that we haven't cast any votes. The casting of the electoral votes is the 14th. The counting of the votes is a joint session of Congress on the 6th. And until that happens, both Biden and Trump are just candidates. Is it fair to say that Biden is extremely likely to win the electoral vote count? Of course. But the race isn't over and the media should be honest about that. Now, to be reasonable, I guess the right is going to tell you, or I should say the staunch Trump supporters will say Trump did win and Trump will win. I'm not convinced of that either, but I will just try to be fair and honest and ultimately tell you, form your own opinions. Let me give you the latest news on the matter. If you think I do a good job, share this video, but don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the story from KTAR News. They say, Dr. Kelly Ward, chair of the Arizona Republican Party, is taking her battle to reverse the certified results of the state's presidential election to the Arizona Supreme Court. Ward filed a notice of appeal with the state's highest court late Friday. The Supreme Court confirmed receipt of the case Monday and said it would decide the matter without oral argument. The parties were ordered to file simultaneous briefs of no longer than 3,000 words and an appendix with their exhibits by noon Monday. So it's very likely we get results of this uh, by today. However, we would need to have this, re- this uh, dispute resolved by tomorrow. The reason this is significant. First, let me just give you the disclaimer I often do. I am not a lawyer or a constitutional scholar, but I did read the congress.gov website as to what, re- what is required to certify the results. They say if the electors or the electoral votes are disputed and there was something, a system put in place before the election to resolve these disputes, and something has been applied to resolve the disputes, then they will consider the results certified. It stands to reason then, even if they certified the results, the results are being contested, the certification itself contested. And if they don't get it resolved by tomorrow, then it's not guaranteed these votes will actually go to the, uh, will go to the electoral college. Now, look, these are, this is, this is about people. And people are not rigid machines, though we have an election code and we have laws and we have lawsuits. People are going to do people stuff. And that means if a person decides to go up on the, you know, to the Supreme Court and do a jig on the desk, they could do it. Is it likely to happen? No, of course not. But the reason I'm being silly here is that I got no idea what's going to happen. You know, we, we look at these laws and these rules and you got these legal scholars on the left saying it's over, it's done. You've got other interpretations from legal scholars on the right saying, no, it's not. You're misinterpreting it. And in the end, it's going to be a judge and the judge is going to say, here's what I'm going to do. Does the judge have the power to overturn Arizona? Yeah. Are they going to? Probably not, because that is a massive move to make. But what if they just accept the case and it goes beyond December 8th and they're in dispute? Well, then they might not have electors to send. And the AZ Republicans might just be like, we're going to send our electors instead. I don't think it's likely. I think things have been trending rather poorly for Trump, but he's been making some political gains. Republicans in many states have been coming out in support of him. In Georgia right now, Republicans are trying to call a special session to dispute the election. We've seen this in other states as well. That might be enough to give a challenge to some congressmen or women to say these are not the real results. They go on to say a Maricopa County Superior Superior Court judge ruled on Friday that Ward failed to prove fraud in her challenge of election results in the Metro in Metro Phoenix, and that evidence presented at trial wouldn't reverse President Donald Trump's loss. 
Ward is pressing ahead after four previous legal challenges to the validity of Arizona's elections were dismissed. And they go on to say that, of course, they certified it for Joe Biden. Joe Biden won, et cetera, et cetera. This is just one move so far in a large working machine. And this story is good for Trump. Is it good enough for Trump? Honestly, I don't know, but I'd probably lean towards probably not. I mean, it's a dispute, right? That could be good for him. That is good for him, right? But is it enough? I don't know. I already told you about what's going on in Pennsylvania, but let's do this. Before we get to the Trump campaign, I want to make sure I mention the Kraken hath been slain. Yeah. Everybody kept saying, release the Kraken to Sidney Powell. At one point, Trump said she was on his legal team, or he at least said, you know, great team in reference, and he named Sidney Powell. Later, Giuliani and Jenna Ellis issued a statement saying Sidney Powell is not, in fact, on the, the Trump team and was acting in her own personal capacity. I actually think that was more to do with pardoning Michael Flynn. She also represents Flynn to avoid a conflict of interest than it does anything else. But everybody was ready for the Kraken to drop. And yes, Sidney Powell released that Kraken. And yes, according to, I believe it's, uh, what is it, Greek mythology, the Kraken was summarily slain because that's what happens to the Kraken. From the Detroit Free Press, the people have spoken. Michigan judge rejects lawsuit from disavowed Trump attorney. They say U.S. District Judge Linda V. Parker ruled against a request from Sidney Powell, an attorney disavowed by the Trump campaign. I don't, I, disavowed, I think, is, is a strong, strong move. Uh, a request from Sidney Powell to force the state to award its electors uh, electoral votes to Trump, despite President-elect Joe Biden winning the state. Quote, in fact, this lawsuit seems to be less about achieving the relief plaintiff seeks as much of that relief is beyond the power of this court and more about the impact of their allegations on people's faith in the democratic process and their trust in our government, reads a portion of the 36 page opinion. Plaintiffs ask this court to ignore the orderly statutory scheme established to challenge elections and to ignore the will of millions of voters. This the court cannot and will not do. The people have spoken. Perhaps that's really what it is about. It's about generating attention and creating a public perception. Trump's battle, everything going on right now, has little to do with counting numbers and more to do with a battle between establishment politicians and Trump himself. Now, perhaps there's a legitimate widespread conspiratorial fraud or something like that. Perhaps Trump is really trying to stave off a coup. In my previous segment at my other channel, youtube.com slash timcastnews, I went over the story about the Democracy Institute, a polling firm saying Joe Biden beat every bellwether metric city and state. And it's kind of unthinkable. Maybe Trump is the one trying to stave off a coup. I, it really just is about what you personally believe. I know we want to talk about truth. Everybody thinks they know the truth, but it really comes down to is what have you read and what do you believe and who do you choose to trust in that capacity? It is very, very important that Trump's lawyers and his campaign and his allies make sure everyone knows or just believes that he really did win. The same is true for the left. And what will happen is right now there are two completely distinct universes on the left. Trump lost. Everyone knows he lost. Why won't he just admit it on the right? Trump won. Everyone knows he won. And the media is lying and they're corrupt. Now, the media is lying and they are corrupt. I don't think Trump has won anything because this is really about the battle between the factions and not about whether or not Trump's got enough votes. What I mean to say is Trump will have won when he's sworn in. Biden will have won when he's sworn in. And until then, there's no clear winner as far as I can tell. Now, we also had the judge dismiss Sidney Powell's lawsuit in Georgia. 
CNBC reports a federal judge quickly dismissed a lawsuit filed by conservative attorney Sidney Powell that sought to overturn Trump's election loss to Joe Biden. The dismissal and an earlier one Monday in a similar case in Michigan are further blows to Trump's long shot effort to deny Biden a victory next week in the Electoral College. The ruling in Georgia came less than 90 minutes into a hearing in Atlanta federal court where Powell had claimed that Trump was the victim of massive ballot fraud related to Georgia's use of Dominion, Dominion voting machines. Now, this is at the federal level and it was thrown out. It's entirely possible Sidney Powell appeals and tries to move to SCOTUS. Many Trump supporters believe that's the plan in the first place, and that's why they're not entirely you know, put out by being dismissed at the lower court level. But Trump's campaign itself actually did just face a, a, a rejection here from AJC. Georgia court rejects latest Trump lawsuit over faulty paperwork. They say last week, President Donald Trump's lawyers announced a new lawsuit with blockbuster allegations they said would prove massive voting fraud in Georgia. But Monday, Fulton County Superior Court rejected the lawsuit because the attorneys didn't pay the proper filing fee or fill out the paperwork correctly. Now, this is just nuts. I'm pretty sure it's a different lawsuit because this is a Georgia state level lawsuit, whereas Sidney Powell's is federal. It's the latest setback to the president's efforts to overturn the results. They say um, a U.S. court district tossed out another lawsuit by Sidney Powell. Attorneys Rudy Giuliani and Ray Smith announced the latest litigation at a state Senate hearing last week. Among other things, they said it would reveal tens of thousands of ineligible voters, felons, people who registered when they were underage, out-of-state residents and others cast ballots in the November election. The Secretary of State's office has repeatedly denied any widespread voting fraud in Georgia. On Monday, Gabriel Sterling, the state's voting system manager, said he was not aware of the allegation. Quote, I have no idea what they're talking about, but they need to present their evidence and, uh, to make that kind of claim, Sterling said at a press conference. Trump's lawyers, uh, Trump's lawsuit was filed late Friday, but the Fulton County Superior Court Clerk's Office says the attorneys did not pay the appropriate filing fee or fully complete the case information form. On Monday, Smith said the fee will be paid. This to me, I don't know, man, maybe the Trump campaign made a mistake because that seems increasingly likely when we look at the typos and the errors of some of these other lawsuits. Sydney, I think it was Sidney Powell. One of her lawsuits accidentally said that votes that were supposed to go to Biden were flipped for Trump. And then she had to refile saying, I mean, the other way around. There have been numerous typos. There's portions of Sidney Powell's lawsuit where there's no space like between words. It's just all the words jumbled together. It's entirely possible Trump's campaign forgot to pay the proper filing fee. Yikes. Or there's just every attempt to stop Donald Trump at the process level. Take a look at this lawsuit in Pennsylvania, the, the lawsuit against Act 77 the, the, that created no excuse mail-in voting. The Republicans had, had uh, won, won a victory when a lower court judge said that they would likely win on the merits. Mail-in voting is unconstitutional under Act 77 in Pennsylvania. But the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled narrowly on just <laughs> on narrow grounds, saying you're too late, not even ruling on the merits. That's really good news for Trump. But it shows that they're willing to use technicality and process to stop these lawsuits and not rule on their merits, which is why this might actually be them saying, wait, wait, oh, you didn't fill out the form right yet. We can't take it. Bye bye. Now, this might be good news. You know why? Maybe Donald Trump really is playing 4D chess. No, no, no. Hear me out. You see, Donald Trump is trying to delay as much as possible. Remember, I said he's buying time that way. They can get the disputes active by the time the safe harbor deadline hits. Georgia will have an active lawsuit. Pennsylvania will have an active lawsuit. Arizona will have 
an active lawsuit. Nothing will have been applied to rectify these disputed results, and thus perhaps no votes for Biden. Or as according to the leftist professors, they say it doesn't matter because the results are certified. That doesn't seem right to me, but it could be. I'm not a legal scholar or constitutional scholar, but it sounds like when I read Congress.gov, it said that if some, if, if there is a system in place, if there's a dispute and they apply that system to resolve the dispute, then you're certified. But if there's a dispute in place and they've not yet applied any of their you know uh, systems or, or solutions to these to these disputed elections, well, then it's disputed on the 8th and they will not determine the electoral votes to have been certified. Even if they say it's certified, it has to be cleared up and accepted. And that's usually what happens. Maybe these three states will have active lawsuits. We will see how it plays out tomorrow or maybe the 9th. But we are down to the wire, ladies and gentlemen. Well, all of this is lending itself to a rift that I mentioned earlier. Take a look at this tweet from Lynn Wood. Brian Kemp, Brad Raffensperger, Jeffrey Duncan, Gabriel Sterling. Remember names. They are all going to jail. They are complicit in foreign interference with national election. They will be joined by many others. To those threatening me, stop wasting your time. I am fearless. 28,700 retweets. Massive statement from Linwood. And in my opinion, in my opinion, just not based at all in reality. Hillary Clinton clearly was involved in a crime in some capacity and nothing happened. The deleting of public documents is a crime. Smashing phones with hammers. And that's just the that's not that's not even the, the, the least of it. That's just off the top of my head. Nothing happened. They chanted lock her up. Nobody's going to lock her up. And you know what? At the federal level, I don't think anyone's going to lock up Donald Trump. Maybe the state level DAs are zealous leftists might go after him, but the idea that these Republicans in Georgia are going to get arrested to me, sorry, I just don't think so. And we can see Harmeet K. Dillon, famed lawyer, says, this is bat s crazy. She says, looks like I lost a few cult low information followers for this post. Fine. I won't lie to you for clicks. There are other lawyers on here who will go follow them and wallow in deranged fantasies. One of my favorite tweets so far from Mike Cernovich, folks, there was not a shootout in Germany for a server. Martial law isn't going to be declared and shouldn't be. This stuff is getting embarrassing and distracts from the real issues that people are raising, such as what was revealed in the Michigan hearing and signature audits. Here, here, good sir. Even Rush Limbaugh says Trump supporters are coming across as kooks in their legal effort to overturn this election and demands president gets serious and lays out evidence before it's too late. Perhaps. As I mentioned earlier, maybe he's just buying time to make sure there are active disputes at the time of the safe harbor deadline. Just call the election into question as long as possible with the political parties refusing to accept it. And then we go into a contingent election. Well, here's some bad news for Trump outside of the Kraken lawsuits, which are, I guess, but it was not brought by him. The Georgia governor is rejecting a special session to overturn the election results. This, to me, probably the most shocking one yet. This is Governor Brian Kemp. He's a Republican. All he needs to do is say, "Okay, come have a session. He doesn't he doesn't have to say, I want to overturn the election results. He doesn't have to do anything other than don't look at me. They want the session. I'm willing to grant it. But he won't. Why? That's bad for Trump. New York Post says Georgia's governor is again telling lawmakers that he won't call a special session to overturn Georgia's election results and appoint 16 presidential electors 
who would support Donald Trump instead of Biden. Republican Brian Kemp issued a joint statement Sunday with Republican Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan saying it would violate state law for the General Assembly to name electors instead of following the current state law that calls for the governor to certify electors after results are certified. Quote, any attempt by the legislature to retroactively change that process for the November 3rd election would be unconstitutional and immediately enjoined by the courts, resulting in a long legal dispute and no short-term resolution. Well, I'll tell you this. This dude's certainly not a diehard Trump supporter because he need only do that to challenge the electoral, uh, the electoral votes for Biden, which is what Trump would need. He doesn't need to come out and say Trump won. All he needs to do is say, well, look, if the General Assembly wants to come together to have a hearing, I'll allow it. Boom. There it is. The General Assembly does their thing. It goes into dispute. And then he goes, oh, no, what was me? Instead, he's saying, nah, I'm not going to let you even get close. This could be the third state Trump needs to have that active dispute. But like I said, they could be paying that fee and pushing that lawsuit forward. And it's possible Trump's lawyers knew on Friday that they're going to flub something so that come Monday they can be like, wait, wait, we're filing properly. It was an accident, giving them plausible, a plausible excuse as to why they're pushing into the safe harbor deadline. Like I said, there are many leftist lawyers saying if they're certified, it won't matter if there's a lawsuit because they're certified. But others, other lawyers on the right have said that's not true. So I don't know what is right or wrong, okay? I don't know which lawyer has the proper analysis. All I can tell you is you got an active dispute in Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. Three states, Trump needs them. It's creating an open door for him. They're going to say that Trump and Kemp spoke by phone for hours before Trump held a rally on Saturday. The president asked Kemp to order the legislative session, and the governor refused, according to a tweet from the governor. Trump also asked him to order an audit of absentee ballots from the presidential race in his state. Kemp has said he can't do that because he has no authority to interfere in the electoral process on Trump's behalf. It doesn't have to be on Trump's behalf. It can be on behalf of you and all the other Republicans and all the voters who have been saying over and over again, yo, what's the, what's up with this? I thought he was going to do the signature audit. I guess he's not. Trump on Sunday tweeted more unproven allegations that Georgia's election was fraudulent, blaming Kemp and Duncan for an action. Quote, has anyone informed the so-called says he has no power to do anything, Governor Brian Kemp and his puppet Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, GA, that they could easily solve this mess and win signature verification and call a special session so easy. Duncan and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger appeared on television Sunday to defend the integrity of the election. Quote, I'm proud that we're able to look up after three recounts and watch and be able to see that this election was fair. Duncan said on CNN's State of the Union. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. I don't know if any election was perfect in the history of this country. That's a fair point. It really is. Look, every election is going to have irregularities, fraud. People are going to try and break the rules and do what they can to win. Is it big enough to have changed the results? In this instance, I think we have more than enough evidence to actually say yes. But in order to prove it, we need to have hard signature audits. We need to have serious forensic analysis and investigations. On the right, there are a lot of things circulating that are hard to verify. One of them comes from a from a, uh, a state representative who said they actually did an audit and found that whenever they put ballots into this machine, it always gave more to Biden and less to Trump, swinging around, I think, 37. 37 of the Trump uh, of the Trump votes became Biden votes somehow. It's hard to verify that stuff. So all I can really do is rely on the confirmed news coming out of the courts. The quotes we're actually hearing from the judges and what the legal experts are saying. I'm not going to lie to you, and I'm not going to blow smoke. 
It does not seem like Trump was ever going to win this fight. There were a few points where it seemed like Trump was doing better. But as I've repeatedly said every single time going back to the seventh, it seems like Joe Biden is going to be the next president. Something about that doesn't sit right with me. I'll be completely real with you. I'm giving you my honest opinion. I just don't see Trump winning. In my head, I see everything laid out for me and I say the establishment's going to win. But in my gut, Trump is acting like he is the president. He's he's staying in office. He's making these moves. He's not going to leave. And many leftists and Democrats, as I mentioned earlier in the segment, are saying the same thing. And that says something totally different to me. I cannot, in my mind, see a path for Trump to pull this off. But maybe there's something he knows that I don't. As Mike Cernovich already pointed out, there's no CIA paramilitary shootout with special forces over a server. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, it's possible. It's in the realm of reality, I guess. If someone said they had anti-grav magic weapons or something, then I'd be like, you're crazy. But, you know, it's possible. The likelihood of something like that happening is just insanely and ridiculously astronomical. But there could be something else. There really could be something that Trump lawyers have. They're waiting until today or tomorrow, right before the safe harbor deadline, when they need to have this dispute active to do it. Maybe they really just want to get to the Supreme Court. Maybe they want the Supreme Court to rule that there were active disputes. And as per U.S. Code 3, Section 5, the safe harbor deadline, these votes cannot be counted. Maybe what will happen is the disputes will be active. They'll be certified. They'll cast their votes. But when it comes time to count their votes, Trump will say no because the states were in dispute from the state legislatures who will agree. And the Supreme Court will say we can clearly see that's true, in which case those votes will be thrown out. Joe Biden doesn't get 270. And then Trump ends up winning a contingent election. But my friends, you really got to pay attention to this stuff. When people say things like Hillary can still somehow win. Yes, it's possible. But should we play that game? I mean, look, so long as it's in the news, so long as it's happening, I will report on it and bring it up because I think it's really important. Until Joe Biden is inaugurated and Trump shakes, you know, shakes some hands and waves goodbye and holds a rally uh, saying he's going to run or something else or he's out. I'm not going to believe the race is over. I'm not saying Trump is going to win again. I said the opposite quite, you know, many times. But I don't know. It's just the nature of politics these days. In 2016, we had all the Hillary can still win. Here's how, you know, arguments. We had electors going saying, don't give us, you know, Trump. You know, how dare you? We had celebrities putting out videos saying, electors, you must vote your conscience and all that other stuff. That to me is, uh, I don't know. It's going to happen now on the right. The right's going to demand Trump wins. And in my opinion, I think Trump should. I believe that all the bellwether metric cities and towns failing is ridiculously and (laughs) raises a lot of questions. But it's not about winning on the count. Okay, this is what I want to make sure is clear. When when I talk about Trump might be winning or when I say Trump is winning in my previous segment, I didn't mean to say that he was winning in the sense that he was going to win. I meant that in these political battles he's fighting, he is winning them, but he's still far, far away from scoring that, you know, key goal. But Trump is making gains. These lawsuits are good for Trump. And it may be that Trump figures out a way to actually actually make something happen. I'm not a psychic. You know, look, there's a lot of weird things about this election that need to be answered. And uh, they probably won't be. And one thing I have been predicting is that clashes will ensue. What you need to understand is that I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm, I'm done pl- mincing words. 
You know, I've been talking about civil war for some time, and everybody just doesn't understand anything about warfare. We're in the information age. We are in fifth generational warfare. That's where it is not effective to use weapons and to hurt and maim to try and control people. You need to use propaganda, information to get what you want. Why invade a nation when you can convince them to kneel and lay down their arms? Think about what's happening in this country. Think about how many people are saying you must kneel. You must bow and bow forever. You must give up your weapons. We are seeing in this country people believing it is better to be disarmed and subservient and have no police at the same time. Fifth generational warfare. That's what's going on. That's why I think Trump needs to win. But whether or not he can win is something entirely different. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be coming up tonight. Check out the Timcast IRL podcast over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL at 8 p.m. with a ton of other stories and cultural politics and fun shenanigans. And we're going to be hanging out with Luke Rutkowski again. So I'll leave it there. Go to youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Subscribe and get ready. 8 p.m. live. We will see you all then. Good morning. Monday morning. We have a lot of news today. Georgia's governor is not going to allow a special session to challenge the election. We got in Arizona lawsuits headed to the Supreme Court. We are waiting for a response on the constitutional uh, on, on the lawsuit in Pennsylvania about the constitutionality of mail-in voting. Just so much happening today. Video going viral showing a woman in her car screaming at the top of her lungs at a bunch of anti-lockdown protesters. But I suppose I'll just get started with probably the most pressing story. Now, of course, there's politics happening all across this country, stuff related to the election, which is increasing tensions. We're also seeing stuff related to the lockdowns, which is contributing to the tribal tensions. But now we have this. Macomb County man says he was targeted with explosives due to his politics. $10,000 reward offered for information. A man who is a prominent and uh, well-known Trump supporter with big old Trump signs on his house Somebody showed up and threw explosives through his window. That is top tier freaky. You know, we don't exactly know why this guy was targeted. The explosive device was what's called a mortar or artillery shell style firework. This is what we see Antifa use all the time. And I think they maybe even used it the other night because guess what? Riots are back, baby. That's right. Antifa showed up in Portland. More riots breaking out. And there's a lot of lot of news related to uh, conflict and chaos and wherever these political uh, tensions and polarization is bringing us, Antifa uses these explosives. So when I see this go off in a video around at, at, at this guy's home, you can see in his house, I guess there were two explosives thro- thrown. One went in, one was outside. And you can see it just, it, it, the walls are ripped to shreds. The windows were all blown out, just massive damage. And this is what Antifa does. So it seems reasonable to suggest that a guy with big old Trump flags on his house was targeted by, you know, somebody who uses Antifa tactics, probably Antifa or some, you know, far left extremist group. And well, I warned this would happen again. I want to make sure I stress until we know who this guy is or why he did it. I don't want to pretend like it's an Antifa versus Trump supportive thing definitively, but I will give you my personal opinion that, yeah, it is. And I've been saying something like this would happen for quite some time. They've already gone to people's homes. Now they're doing it more. There was another story. A lot of people were reticent to talk about it because it was a guy whose house was was partially burned down and they wrote some like Antifa, you know, stuff on the garage. And a lot of people were like, why would Antifa go to your house and just like write Antifa and then burn your house down? But maybe because they're dumb. 
because they have done things like that before. They've gone to politicians' house and spray painted dumb things. They just didn't burn the other people's house down. In that instance, where the guy's house was partially burned, it was like his garage was burned down. He had big Trump flags on his truck. There's more news, and I think it's actually way more serious. Michigan Secretary of State says armed protesters gathered outside her home. They shouted obscenities and threatened violence in an effort to overturn the state's presidential election results, she said in a statement. Well, forgive me if I don't just completely believe the lady. Um, there's no video f- or evidence of any of this happening. It may have been a small handful of people who probably weren't armed. I mean, maybe they were armed as Michigan and you're allowed to be or whatever. And maybe they yelled stuff. Maybe she's making it seem more dramatic than it is. Or maybe she's not. Maybe it was dramatic. Maybe it was a large group of individuals. It doesn't matter. You know why? I tell you this all the time. When we see stories, NBC News, when we see stories, all right, from clickondetroit.com, these are, these are mainstream establishment, you know, click on Detroit's local, NBC News, clearly not. All that matters is that tribalists will say, I believe. Okay, the leftists are going to say, I knew it. These right wingers are showing up. They're going to they're going to threaten us. And, and they're going to, you know, it's just like that Newsweek cover all the Trump people at torches. You don't need evidence. You just need to confirm the bias of the individual. And they'll say, I don't need proof. I'll just believe it. Well, for me, I need proof. So can I say Antifa definitively did this? No, and I won't. Can I say that there was a massive, you know, large group of armed individuals outside this lady's house? No, because she's just saying it and he's just saying it. But I'll tell you, in my opinion, considering what's been going on, feels like we're getting to that point, doesn't it? And uh, Trump supporters are absolutely convinced Trump ain't going nowhere. There's a there's a bunch of viral posts talking about what Trump's been doing in the past couple of months. And I have to agree Trump is certainly playing everything out as if he knows he's going to stay. And I've been saying that for some time. Now, listen, I've also said as the only thing I can see is on January 20th, Joe Biden's going to be inaugurated. That's the best I can do. Right. Uh, uh, Georgia Republicans are calling for a special session to dispute the election. And the governor said no. And the governor's a Republican. Now that that's crazy. You'd think he'd be like, if the if the legislature wants to have a session, we should bring session, especially considering he's supposed to be a Trump supporter. Nope. Honestly, I don't think it should be uh, uh, partisan at all. I think if a legislature says we want to convene, then the governor should convene and say, OK, but they're not going to. I think people have decided, you know, which side they're on, what they believe to be true. And the Trump supporters are adamant. They know that Trump won. And you know, there's a there's a Mark Levin the other day, probably one of the most convincing things I've actually heard is the Democracy Institute. This is guy who was saying uh, he, he, Democracy Institute's a polling institution. And, and my understanding is they're not conservative. He said that Joe Biden defied every bellwether metric. There are certain certain metrics that never, never are wrong. Never. Things like party registration voter enthusiasm. He said anybody who looked at these 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 metrics would have concluded they were all in favor of Trump. And there's a dozen plus or more, all these different things, how people did in the primary, the, the amount of press time, all of these things always indicate. He said some of these things are newer, like Google searches. I'll do I'll, I'll probably do a segment on this later. But the point is, here's a guy saying if one of these things was wrong, people would be like, you know, it happens for all of them to be wrong is shocking, puzzling, 
and highly implausible. So what is going to happen come January 6th? I have no idea. Jan- Jan- uh, December 14th. Okay. That's when the votes are going to be counted. But we might know as soon as tomorrow night if, if, if chaos will ensue. I don't want to get into the politics, though. I'm just bringing that up to say we have these two stories. We have riots. We've got tribal anger. And the result, I think, of any kind of dispute between Trump, Republicans or Democrats is going to be much more of this. So let me just not rant on politics. Let's read this news because this is the bigger story of the day. And I'll have more segments on the other stuff later. But check this out. A Macomb County man said he was targeted when an explosive was thrown into his home. Uh, well, he uh, it, it literally was. There's video of it. So the homeowner said everything happened early Saturday morning, just after midnight. He was upstairs with his girlfriend when they heard a loud boom go off. He rushed downstairs and said he was shocked at what he saw. Smoke was filling the house. I went up, told her to get out of the house, grab the dog and get out of the house. That's when the homeowner said he experienced uh, said he experienced early Saturday morning after hearing not one but two loud booms. We're not identifying. Uh, we are not identifying him due to safety reasons. The explosion went off and it kind of sounded like a transformer, I guess, from a power line, the homeowner said. And then another explosion went off and it shook the house. Two explosives thrown into his home. The explosion left a large hole in his living room floor. When we came outside, we noticed the whole window was completely blown out, smoke coming out. I didn't know if it was the house on fire or what was going on. I seen a truck racing down the road. When when the police showed up, they went in. Luckily, it didn't catch fire, but the actual implosion of the mortar, it did some serious damage. The homeowner also shared a video with Local 4 of who he believes is the man who threw the explosion, uh, the explosive devices into his home and drove off. We were really scared. I mean, when you feel your house shake and explode and smoke, you don't know what's going on. But why would anybody do this? Some people say because I'm a pretty avid Trump supporter. I always have my sign up. That's why he's offering a $10,000 reward for any information regarding what happened. I mean, it's worth it to me to find out who's trying to catch my house on fire and possibly kill me, the homeowner said. Anyone with information can contact the St. Clair Shores Police Department. Again, not entirely sure it was a leftist, but mortar explosives is a common leftist tactic. It's possible it's a false flag uh, attack, which if you're not familiar is someone trying to make it seem like Antifa did this. Maybe the guy wanted insurance money or something. I don't know. Maybe he thought it was start fire. I can't, I can't speculate that far because the simple solution Occam's razor would suggest Trump supporter got attacked. That's about it. And it goes the other direction too. Again, I, I mentioned this story. I, I have, I have, there's, there's no video. There's no, she should have took, she should have filmed it. Okay. What, what, what do you want me to say? She says it happened. I'm not entirely convinced I believe it because Trump supporters don't do this stuff. But hey, here's what they say. Dozens of armed people gathered outside Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's home over the weekend shouting obscenities and threatening violence in an effort to overturn the presidential election results in the state, she said Sunday. Benson and her four-year-old son had just finished decorating their home for Christmas and were about to watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas when the group arrived, she said in a statement. Actually, we just watched that last night over here. The demands made outside my home were unambiguous, loud, and threatening, she said. They targeted me in my role as Michigan chief election officer. Through threats of violence, intimidation, and bullying, the armed people outside my home and their political allies seek to undermine and silence the will and voices of every voter in the state, no matter who they voted for, she said. I don't believe you, um, because Trump supporters don't do this. They, they might, or we might start seeing more people now. I mean, we did see armed individuals go to the Michigan State House, but 
I'm sorry. You, sh- you could have just pulled out your phone and press record like any other person. I mean, even the other guy where the, where the motor, motor went off got surveillance footage from his neighbors showing it happening. So look, I can't tell you if it did or didn't happen. I just think it's, un- it's, it's, it's unlikely that Trump supporters would do something like this. But maybe we're at that point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know. I tell you, Trump supporters are adamant and they're certainly sure that Trump won. But this is bad for them, especially when they're fighting against a media establishment to, to legitimize their cause. This is the opposite of what they would need. So for me, I'm sorry. That's my bias. I know Antifa gets violent all the time. I've got more footage of Antifa getting violent. OK, it's, it's rare when you see Trump supporters go out and do something like this. Gabriel Sterling, a top Republican elections official in Georgia, said last week that President Donald Trump's repeated false claims the election was stolen from him had led to death threats, intimidation and harassment. Saying the claims have to stop, Sterling called on Trump to step up and condemn the threats. But Trump returned to Georgia on Saturday and repeated the baseless assertions. Notice they're not saying without evidence anymore. Michigan State Board of Canvassers certified the election results for President-elect Joe Biden on November 23rd. An NBC News projection showed that he defeated Trump by more than 150,000 votes. Trump and his allies made baseless allegations about irregularities and discrepancies in Detroit vote tallies and called on the legislature to name Trump electors, despite Biden's victory. Trump and other Republicans have also filed nine lawsuits in Michigan alleging fraud and other, uh, other irregularities. As of last week, most of the suits had been withdrawn or denied. In one case, a judge described the allegations as inadmissible hearsay within hearsay. It's not baseless. Sorry. That's just not a fact. Not not true. By all means, you can say there's, uh, you know, Trump didn't win. You can say the, the, there, there's widespread fraud, but it wasn't a rigged election. You can say a lot of things. The one thing you can't say is that the accusations from, uh, well, I'll put it this way. When Trump says rigged election, I, it's, it's not baseless. It's, it's not. You can say we've not proven to have been to have uh, been a rigged election, but we certainly have enough evidence to call into question ele- the, the integrity of the election. And therein lies the very serious problem. These media outlets, why should I trust this happened when they lie in the story? Now, OK, baseless. Are they lying when they say that? Uh, not necessarily, but it is an opinion. OK, is this a news story or an opinion piece? Let me tell you how a news story should actually uh, uh, read. It should say dozens of armed people gathered outside Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's home over the weekend, shouting obscenities, she alleged Sunday. Then when talking about the repeated claims, it should say Gabriel Sterling, a top Republican elections official in Georgia, said last week that President Donald Trump's claims that election was stolen from him have led to death threats. That's what he said. And those are Trump's claims. Adding repeated false. Okay. That's, that's, that, that's not true. That's just not true. So some of the things Trump has claimed, you can probably say are false, but that's, that's a, that's a misframing. We have to make sure that when we're talking about the totality of what Trump is talking about. It's just his claims. When it goes on to say repeated baseless assertions, it should read, but Trump returned to Georgia on Saturday and once again, and, and repeated his allegations of widespread irregularity and fraud. That's it. Baseless is an opinion. That's what news has become. That's where we are now. Well, the clashes are heating up. Video shows Trump supporters and counter protesters in violent clash in Washington state. This from just yesterday morning. And I tell you, man, Antifa got stomped out. Woo. It was bad. And these people, they're like old dudes. It's like it's like people in their 50s, 60s. Like there's one old guy there. 
And they they did not. I mean, they they stomped out these Antifa guys, man. There was there was uh, ground and pounds where they're just sitting on top of the guy wailing on him. There's people being just battered with clubs. It reminds me kind of of V for Vendetta. You know, you know that scene where uh, the, the, I don't know if you've seen the movie where they're talking about how everything's going to play out. And then the, the researcher says, eventually someone's going to do something stupid. And then uh, all of a sudden it shows all these residents just surrounding a cop and then start beating the, the crap out of them. It reminds me of that because Antifa, they don't live in, the, in, in these areas. They come from, from cities. They go into suburbs. They go into these, these communities they don't, they, they, where they don't live. And they pick fights and they smash and they destroy. They did it in the western suburb, suburbs of Chicago for some reason. These people came into small towns where I have friends and family and started trashing things. And that was back in June and it freaked out um, uh, some of my friends and family members. They're like, why are they coming here? What are they doing? They're like, there's not even any, there, there's one small town, they didn't even have any cops. There was a sheriff. The sheriff's department is, is you know, it was like 2,000 people. They showed up anyway and made sure their presence was known. Local residents are saying enough and they're coming out and they're starting to push back. And that's my, my, my uh, big concern. I don't know if this is worse than it's ever been. I guess throwing an explosive through someone's window and showing up armed to a politician's house is about as, as bad as, as, as it's gotten in a long time in terms of where these conflicts are starting to arise. We've seen protests, okay? I'll put it this way. We've seen leftist protests march through neighborhoods and then hassle homeowners. In Portland, they went to a guy's house because he had an American flag on his porch and they demanded he remove it. Otherwise, they would burn his house down. So when you tell me the Antifa showed up at someone's house and tried to burn it down or blow it up, I say, sounds about right. There have not been widespread instances where Trump supporters have shut up to politicians' house screaming and, and waving guns around, but it could happen. And I think there may be one or two circumstances uh, like this. I mean, we certainly had Laura Loomer went to Nancy Pelosi's house, but that was that was a, a protest over like immigration and the wall and stuff. So that was like not even in the same ballpark. I think conservatives are much less likely to be active in any capacity. That's true. And that means that often conservatives will uh, not stand up for themselves, not fight back. And the left will fight. It's not even about fighting back. Antifa goes out and beats people. They start the fights. And often conservatives just say, I don't want to be involved. Because you know what I I think? I think the conservatives are just mostly regular people working their jobs, staying home, maybe watching Fox News sometimes. Not anymore, I guess, or complaining on the Internet. Antifa, they're the extremists. The progressives are extremists. They're organized. They know how to get power. You have staunch conservatives on the right. But they've really lost a lot of their power. We had the moral authoritarians of the 90s. You know, I, I, I had people come over uh, to my place, uh, you know, periodically. And I've got a bunch of Magic the Gathering cards. Trust me, this is relevant. I got a bunch of Magic the Gathering cards in a glass case. Some of them are just uh, valuable. Some of them have been banned from the game. It's, it's a card game for those who aren't familiar. Uh, banned from the game because they're just too good. But many have been banned due to moral authoritarianism, and that's why I have them in there. A couple of the cards, as of, as of uh, recent history, were banned because they were deemed racist. But one card was, had its art changed in, I believe it was in the 90s, because it was the moral authoritarian right-wingers who demanded it. It's an image of a man, and there's a pentagram burning behind him. Religious Christian group said it was satanic and unacceptable for children, so the game was sort of forced to remove that art and the updated art no longer. So we have the side by side. You can see the new art and the old art. I have that in there to make the point to show it in the 90s. It was the right, 
the moral authoritarians putting labels on music and banning art. It's not anymore. The organizational power of the right has waned substantially. It may be coming back now under Donald Trump. The Republican Party is completely, completely weak and pathetic. And, and, and these Republicans, man, they have a tendency to drop to their knees and lick the boots of the Democrats. It's the, it's the funniest thing. I tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Why don't, why, why I don't like Democrats for the most part. They are psychotic moral authoritarians, at least for now. I didn't like the Republicans when they were doing it. So I grew up thinking the Republicans were really bad. But where are the Republicans now? They are spineless little Weasley dudes for the most part. Not, a, lot, a lot of women got elected recently, but those tend to be populist, um, stronger women. You got Lauren Boebert. She's the opposite. She's carrying a gun around with her and she's yelling at politicians. That's the exact opposite. That's the new Republican Party. Those are the Republicans I actually respect. But for the most part, you have these uh, uh, rhino, you know, establishment political Republicans who are like, oh, geez, the Democrats will think I'm not cool. I better just give them whatever they want. And they roll over and they expose their bellies like spineless little Weasley people. You take a look at what's going on in Georgia. The state legislature, good for them, said they want to hold a special session. Well, okay, I mean, if that's what they want to do, right? The governor said no. Why? Why is this governor fighting so hard to prevent any kind of accountability here? It's this it's the stupidest and most pathetic thing I have ever seen. It is not on him. He should say, listen, there's a state legislature. They have asked to convene. They want to hear the evidence. So be it. It's the right thing to do. We should be able. So in Georgia, what happened was they can't find the chain of custody documents for absentee ballots. There you go. That's what we better. We better convene. No. Yeah, because the Republican Party is a bunch of uh, a bunch of weak, scared, timid, spineless losers for the most part. Now, recently, there's been a a wave of new Republicans coming into the House and a couple in the Senate who are anything but that. And so my respect Uh, on the Democratic side, they certainly have spines, spines enough to literally defend and support overt terrorism. I'm not even kidding. Like Kamala Harris soliciting donations for the rioters who are targeting people and burning down their businesses for political reasons. I Wow, you got to give it to her, man. That takes a spine. No doubt. The Republicans? Yeah, right. They could. They, 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 what can they do? Is it, is it, is it, look, you know, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, you know, they, they, they've been pretty vocal. Uh, Matt Gates, definitely. Uh, 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 Thomas Massey. You've, you've got a, you've got a good amount, right? And you got the new, the new, the new Republicans coming in. So I'm not trying to say literally every single one, just too many. You got a lot of spineless Democrats too, don't get me wrong, but the Democrats tend to be these shrieking banshee like authoritarians. Look at Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi has been on a four year temper tantrum, just screaming and pounding the table. Orange man. Eh. That's all she's been doing. Trump has certainly pounded the table quite a bit on his own, having his version of a temper tantrum. But to be fair, it's because they had a temper tantrum over his, his winning. And Trump has been fighting to do what he wants, you know, to get his job done, build the wall, secure the borders, tariffs, all of these things. And he's had to contend with whiny baby Pelosi pounding on the walls and screaming like a pathetic little feckless child. And even the other Democrats are fed up with it. It's just absolutely pathetic what Pelosi has been doing. And Schumer and Nadler. And, don't, and, and yes, they're like, Tim, why won't you talk about Mitch McConnell? Let me tell you, Mitch McConnell, I think, is awful. Uh, but he certainly got the Republicans what they wanted with over 200 federal judges and three Supreme Court justices. So they got that done. 
Everything else, they've just been blocking legislation. And I don't like McConnell at all. I don't like Lindsey Graham, especially Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is like the definite, you know, you ever see uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and the mayor's head spins around and it's a different face? Yeah, there you go. Lindsey Graham. He's like, I think Donald Trump should fight tooth and nail for this. And then as soon as like he walks away, he walks over and fist bumps Kamala Harris and pats her on the back and scuttles off. Yeah, okay, dude. Like, I actually think that you care about any of this. I'm sick of establishment politics. But there's, there, there is an inherent problem there. When you have a bunch of spineless Weasley politicians that just want the keys to the castle, they don't want to fight. So that means they usually just roll over for each other and say, uh, I don't want to fight. Now you got a bunch of screeching, angry, moral authoritarians on the left. You got Donald Trump and that's a battle and it's just escalating. It's going to get worse. And then you see it reach the ground level in Florida. Uh, a couple, I think it was last week or a couple days ago, a, a bunch of the players uh, a couple of players for one team waved a Blue Lives Matter flag and ran on the field. So the other team came out, all took a knee for the national anthem. Then they all run into the field, start beating the crap out of each other at some point. And I'm telling you, when the violence reaches the regular citizen level, like a high school football team, and it goes all the way to the top with the current presidential election, doesn't it feel like the, the fissure is complete? There are now two disparate realities in this country. Seems like it to me. Hope that guy whose house was bombed is okay. Um, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The Democracy Institute was one of the few organizations to predict that Donald Trump was going to win this election. And they cited sort of the wisdom of the crowds as well as secret Trump voters. Recently on Mark Levin's show, Patrick Basham of the Democracy Institute said that Joe Biden's win was statistically implausible, not statistically impossible. And he doesn't talk about fraud, or he might have, but one of the things he cites is that there are several metrics which have a 100% success rate. Things like Google searches and more silly predictors like how many Halloween masks were sold. All of these gag predictions, cookie sales and mask sales, Then the more silly ones like Google searches, party registration, all predicted Donald Trump would win. So this pollster says Joe Biden defied all of these bellwether metrics. It's rather astounding, isn't it? Now, there certainly is evidence of fraud. There are complaints right now from Donald Trump recently tweeted. Georgia's not going to be doing signature verification like a legit one. They've done like these little uh, risk assessment audits. And now they're certifying. And even though the state legislature is saying we want an, an emergency session, he says no. And my only question is why? We can certainly drag this out as long as we need to. Dude, it's only a few months. I got no issue. Let them sit down. Let them have their conversation and dispute what they want to dispute. The worst possible thing for any of us is going to be not resolving these issues and having establishment elites poo-poo the people and say, we don't care about you. We don't care about what you think. We don't care about what you see. We don't care about any evidence. We are not going to dig into this. I am not saying Donald Trump is correct. I am not saying that Joe Biden won. I am saying that there are certainly more than enough anomalies being brought up that freak people out that we should be addressing. And if Trump says, do a hard signature audit, Well, we get the left going, of course, they already did. They did scanned recounts. okay? and not only that, I'll tell you this. If Trump is unsatisfied, just do it again. I'm not kidding. 
It is better that we spend exorbitant amounts of money wasting our time than doing nothing and getting, I don't know, chaos and clashes and violence in the streets. In my previous segment, I'll issue an, an update and a correct, we'll call it a correction. We had a guy, someone threw an explosive, two explosives into his home. And he doesn't know why, but he is a very prominent, ardent Trump supporter in the community with a big old Trump flag. The explosive view, explosives used were typical of Antifa. We've seen people have their homes burned down and there was graffiti. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Occam's razor. I don't play conspiracy theories. Probably the left attacking Trump supporters. The secretary of state of Michigan said armed, uh, uh, armed Trump supporters were outside of her home screaming, demanding she overturn the results. I said I didn't know if I believed it. So here's the update and the correction. There is video of these people outside her home protesting. Now, whether or not they were threatening her, I think that's her bias and all that stuff. But the people really were there. We need to simmer things down. And yes, if Joe Biden won and he won amazingly in defiance of all of the odds, then please, for the love uh, for, for, for the people of this country, to make sure we do not spiral out of control. Just let's go through the motions. You know, we'll, we'll do what we have to do, no matter how long it takes. And then if we get to the 20th and we've done 17 audits, we can say, what more do you want? It's better than doing nothing and being a snooty elitist. Which brings me to our resident snooty elitist, Sam Harris. Okay, maybe that's a little bit harsh, but uh, Sam has got a blind faith-like hatred for Donald Trump. I need to highlight this. I absolutely do, because this is a, this is the fundamental question here. And, I, and, I, and we'll read about the pollster in his explanation. Sam Harris says, why do so many Americans think the election was stolen? Linking to a New York Times op-ed. Well, Sam isn't saying much himself. He's linking to the story from the New York Times, basically trying to debunk or, or call out people and, and say, oh, it's emotional and things like that. Well, let me tell you, first and foremost, the first and biggest reason why Americans think the election was stolen is, well, actually, no, no, no. Let, let me just throw it to uh, Jeffrey Miller, who responded. Jeffrey Miller, of course, is a intellectual dark, uh, a dark web type, uh, type personality, psychology professor, very smart individual. He said, for what it's worth, maybe when conservatives see systemic anti-conservative bias in news, academia, publishing, movies, TV, and social media, which is all obvious yet denied by mainstream news, they might take the Bayesian bet that there could be anti-conservative bias in election systems. Sam's response, but they are in many of the relevant cases attacking Republican election officials as though these officials were incentivized to perpetrate or conceal a massive fraud in favor of Democrats. Sam exposing his ignorance on the issue. And look, I got to be honest. Sam has what people would refer to as Trump derangement syndrome. Here's a story. Georgia election officials urge Trump to stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of blah, blah, blah. This is a tweet out from Sam Harris. Sam Harris, Barr says Justice Department hasn't uncovered any fraud. Sam very much has what we refer to uh, uh, as Trump derangement syndrome. The reason why I want to highlight Sam is that his response to Jeffrey Miller clearly shows his ignorance of the matter. Trump supporters don't like Republicans for the most part. It's kind of a vehicle by which Trump was elected and which they tacitly support for a long for, for, for the past several years. But they've repeatedly called out Republicans in name only and gone after Republican figures who aren't on the Trump train. They don't like Republicans. They don't. And, and, and this is look something I've known for a long time when I went to these rallies and met Trump supporters. In 2015 and 16, I went to dozens of Trump rallies. I was covering it 
in my capacity as a journalist. And I was talking to people and many of them said they never voted before or they were independents. Some of them were former Democrats. They don't like Republicans. Sam doesn't get it. What I find particularly fascinating about Sam Harris's Trump derangement syndrome is that he was involved in this very famous Bill Maher segment where he was talking about the danger of the, the ideas within Islam that are anti-liberal. They mentioned other religions, too. They weren't singling out the religion for the religion's sake. They were saying the ideas that many of these religions hold. Ben Affleck famously snapped, shaking his head, all angry, saying, you're racist. Yes, derangement syndrome, like violent, angry outbursts of people who just can't accept it. That's what Sam Harris does. He's not as bad as Ben Affleck is. But it's remarkable to me that Sam couldn't spend even a few minutes to Google search why it is Trump supporters don't have faith in the results. Aside from the fact that there is video of people pulling out uh, ballot boxes from under tables in the the late hours of the night after everyone has, has already left or were told to go home, according to two sworn affidavits, and then counting in violation of election law when there were no observers present. It's not proof, okay? But it is shocking to many people that all of these things happen. And if you come out and say these things are normal, my only response is that it's a good thing Trump is shining a light and getting us to deal with this because these are vulnerabilities to our election system, right? Well, Sam, let me break it down for you. Patrick Basham explains why Biden victory not statistically impossible, but statistically implausible. They say, President-elect Joe Biden defied key non-polling metrics to defeat Trump in a way that is not statistically impossible, but it's statistically implausible, pollster Patrick Basham told Fox News' Life, Liberty, and Levin in an interview airing Sunday night. Basham, the founding director of the Democracy Institute, explained to host Mark Levin that there are a dozen or more of these metrics that have a 100% accuracy rate in terms of predicting the winner of the presidential election. That doesn't mean it's impossible, but I will also state in the months and the year and the years coming up to this election, I also was tracking a lot of these metrics and reporting on them. Notably, voter registration in Pennsylvania predicted an overwhelming win for Republicans. And then what? It didn't happen. And it was confusing to basically everyone. Every single metric was wrong, but the polls, which are opinion polls, predicted Biden was going to uh, uh, was going to defeat Trump resoundingly, was going to defeat all the Republicans. So think about how weird this is. You have hard metrics like we're not asking people their opinions. When we look how many registered Republican, we're saying that's a data point and fact. When we're asking people their opinions on who they're going to vote for, that's hard to gauge. You know, we're looking at metrics. We're looking at margins of error. So why is it that the polling was all wrong? And all of the data points, the uh, predictors, the bellwether predictors were also wrong. It's very strange, isn't it? It doesn't seem to make sense. They say those metrics, according to Basham, include, quote, party registration trends, how the candidates did in their respective presidential primaries, the number of individual donations and how much enthusiasm each candidate generated in the opinion polls. And I'm going to stop there and also say we had uh, uh, one university I believe it was uh, in California. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it was Irvine. No, I don't think it was. We had one university say wisdom of the crowd predicts a Trump victory. People were asked, who are your friends going to vote for? Democracy Institute said the secret Trump voter, which we now know exists. There's also mask sales, which is a joke. Every election, say how many Halloween masks were sold. That usually predicts who's going to win. 
This time around, it was Donald Trump. Cookie sales. There was a bakery that was doing cookies and said they always when they sell the cookies, the, the, the winning presidential candidate usually sells more cookies. And it was resoundingly Trump. What happened now? Everything was wrong. Man, you take you think people and, and, and guess what? It's not just these metrics. It's the it's 18 of 19 bellwether towns, counties were wrong. The bellwether states were wrong. Now, come on, you mean to tell me, okay, fine, whatever. But listen, is it possible? Of course it is. Are people going to be shaking their head and saying, I want to dig into this one because this is weird. Yeah. Not only that, but you have what thousands of sworn affidavits alleging fraud right now. My friends, witness testimony is evidence. It is not definitive proof. We use it in murder trials and criminal cases all the time. It doesn't mean the witnesses are correct. It just means you're going to have to look into it. We have a video coming out of the State Farm Arena in Georgia, and it needs to be investigated. We have a video of people, literal surveillance video showing them counting ballots for an hour with no observers in violation of election law. And this stuff, all of it adds up. And then you get Trump supporters saying, I I dispute, I object. Sam Harris can't understand that. And many other hoity-toity establishment elites, people with Trump derangement syndrome, instead of actually coming out of the house and saying, can I ask you some questions to better understand why you feel this way? They just say, what dumb people? Why are they mad at Republicans? Sam is surprised. This is what's funny. He's surprised that the Trump supporters are criticizing Republicans. Have you even listened to a single Trump supporter? They, They rag on Republicans all the time. You know, I did a video once. Uh, called Republicans are too stupid to deal with the social media censorship issue to save their own you know, careers. And, and all the Trump supporters are like, yup. I put out a tweet and I'll say like, you know, pardon Assange and Snowden. And not all Trump supporters, but many say they expose the deep state. Yes. Well, that flies in the face of what the Republicans are saying. The Trump supporters are the party of Trump and the media calls them Trumpists or Trumpism. So Sam really needs to learn how to read. So here's what they say. In 2016, all of these metrics, uh, all of these different metrics I mentioned, they all indicated strongly that Donald Trump would win against most of the public polling. That was again the case in 2020. So if we are to accept that Biden won against the trend of all these non-polling metrics, it not only means that one of those one of these metrics was inaccurate for the first time ever. It means that each one of these metrics was wrong for the first time and at the same time as all of the others. Truly amazing. Another anomaly of the 2020 election, Basham told Levin, is the fact that Trump performed better in many key voting metrics than he did four years earlier. If you look at the results, you see how Donald Trump improved his national performance over 2016 by almost 20 percent. No incumbent president has ever lost a reelection bid if he's increased his vote total. Obama went down by three and a half million votes between 08 and 2012, but still won comfortably. If you look at those results, You see that Donald Trump did very well, even better than four years earlier with the white working class. He held his own with women and suburban voters against all of them, uh, all of most of the polling expectations, did very well with Catholics, improved his vote among Jewish voters, continued Basham, who detailed his incredulity in an article published in the American edition of The Spectator. He had the best minority performance for a Republican since Richard Nixon in 1960, doing so well with African-Americans and importantly with Hispanics. In fact, Basham suggested Trump's performance was so impressive that if anyone asked 100 observers who were sequestered for the actual election night 
and had been given the vote breakdown by demographic group who they thought won the election. Ninety nine, at least out of these 100 independent, well-informed observers would say, well, obviously Trump. Basham also cited what he called a historically low ballot rejection rate for absentee and mail-in ballots, saying rejection rates, which in the primaries earlier this year was well into the double digits and which historically have often been very, very high in these key swing states, or at least in the key swing counties. We're seeing rejection rates of less than 1%, often very close to zero, he said. Given the increase in absentee balloting and the lack of experience that most of new voters, uh, most of the new voters and those doing the counting would have with those ballots, it is implausible, to put it politely, that that figure would be as low as it was. I'll go one step further. Not possible. I'm sorry, it's not. Okay, fine. I guess it is. But it, it, saying implausible is, is, I'm sorry, it's astronomical. I had been covering this. The New York Times, the Washington Post, various university research studies talking about, first and foremost, with more mail-in voting and absentee. This reported 2012 by the New York Times. We see more rejection between one and two percent. Many were, were worried, something I had covered extensively, that with first-time voters uh, and first-time mail-in voters, we were going to see a much higher rate of rejection. But for some reason, it's lower than ever. These things don't add up. I am not saying Trump won. I am saying if you can't answer these, you will have 74 million people in this country saying there is no legitimate election. Where does that bring us in 2022? And where does that bring us in 2024? Chaos and violence. And like I mentioned, my earlier segment was about a guy who had a mortar shell, two of them thrown into his home, blowing up. We don't know why, but he's a Trump supporter and he believes it was politically motivated. And Antifa uses mortar shell artillery fireworks as one of their principal weapons. We also had the secretary of state in Michigan saying people were outside her home in the wee hours of the morning or late at night, demanding that she uh, overturn the results and give them to Trump because there are legitimate reasons why people do not believe this election was legitimate. Now, there certainly are, in my opinion, a lot of crazy people saying a lot of crazy things. Again, I didn't say Trump won or was rigged or anything like that. Of course, they'll try and claim that that is what I say. That is what I'm saying simply for not being a tribalist and the tribal right. Wow. I'll tell you this. Go over to the Donald dot win. Check out it's it's now one of the biggest websites in the in the country, which is which is one of the top 500. That's huge, massive, large community. And they are adamant Trump won and it was clearly stolen. I believe there is evidence to suggest that there was a rigged election, but not definitive proof. Evidence to suggest doesn't mean it is a fact. It just means, hey, wait a minute. How come these people were counting, you know, after everyone was told to leave and these ballots like what's going on here, right? How about the sworn affidavits? How about this uh, mathematical and statistical anomalies? And some of these forensic audits have have turned up strange anomalies. No, we we had the uh, the there was a, a Republican woman in Michigan who noticed that a Republican district turned blue and she didn't believe it. So she demanded they look and turns out, oopsie, 6000 votes went to Biden. We have many sworn affidavits from people saying, I saw military votes for Biden and I don't believe it. And the left laughs at them saying, that's why sometimes people don't like Trump. That's true. But that was the basis by which we discovered a 6,000 vote swing in error that went to Biden when it was supposed to be for Trump. That to me says, okay, well, check it. Do a signature verification and let's do, let's cold call people. Oh, wait, 
We did actually do that to a great extent with Matt Brainerd's Voter Integrity Project. He, he had several call centers calling voters, asking them, and he found massive discrepancies and abs and actual evidence of widespread voter fraud, which is 20,000 or so votes of people who are registered in two different states and recorded as having voted in two different states. Either it's fraud because they voted twice or someone voted in their name. Sorry, resistance type leftists. It's a fact. It exists. It doesn't mean Trump lost because of it, but it must be investigated. Could you imagine if someone like Sam Harris, who goes and preaches about how he's so upset over these religions and then has to push back from the SJW types of Ben Affleck, actually talked to Trump supporters and did research? Look at his blind faith based hatred for Donald Trump. My understanding is he's improved quite a bit, but he puts out these generic tweets 1.4 million followers. And I just wonder why it is that someone who claims to be a critical thinker can't just read one story. You can't Google search one thing or watch for 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 uh, just one hour a Fox News program to see what they're thinking, because it's quite simple. As Jeffrey Miller put it, widespread bias exists in media, academia, basically every institution across government from even Republicans to Democrats. The bias exists in a variety of ways. It's not just against conservatives or Republicans or whatever. It's 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 anti uh, it's, it's heterodox individuals. It's unorthodox individuals. It's anti-establishment individuals. So when you see this and it's you're beaten over the head repeatedly every single day, then they come out and say, All of that weird stuff that's coming out like sworn affidavits and hard evidence, ignore it. Trust us this time. Yeah, Trump supporters are going to say, no, we're not going to just trust you. And you can't because we need evidence. So here's where any sane human being would be, in my opinion. Okay, I guess you could be a tribalist and be sane. So to be fair, tribalists on the right are adamant that Trump won. My issue with that is, while we do have evidence of widespread voter fraud coming the voter inte- coming from the Voter Integrity Project, and more than just these people who voted twice, there's people who voted even though they moved and changed their addresses. And there are people who listed corporate uh, commercial addresses with apartment units. Clearly, that is not legitimate, okay? So it looks like we have evidence of widespread fraud. We have uh, one individual is actually charged 135 times for getting the infirm to vote. And there are accusations coming out of Pennsylvania where thousands of ballots, all of the same signatures and handwriting coming out of nursing homes. Many people are saying this is, you know, it's, it's happening. I'm not going to go from there and say, I know for a fact the election was stolen from Trump. And what I mean by that is the fraud exists to an extent that it was stolen from Donald Trump. I will say, however, that there are strong signs indicating that. And what we need now is to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Unfortunately, that's not possible because we don't have the time or the resources to deal with 150 million votes and to actually go through all of all of this stuff. But when you have the bellwether states all being wrong, the bellwether counties being 90 something percent wrong, and you have all of the non-polling metrics being wrong, all happening for the first time, you expect me to sit here and just believe everything is okay? I have no problem saying it's not been definitively definitively proven, and I have no problem saying it probably is impossible to definitively prove because we don't have the time or energy in the election is is the, the, the deadline for safe harbor is tomorrow. But it certainly means if you do not solve this, if you do not investigate this, you're going to have 74 million people who say that they believe beyond a reasonable doubt based on everything we've seen, this was a rigged election. 
For me, is it beyond a reasonable doubt? Honestly, not really. But I will tell you that there is evidence um, that extends quite far into saying something isn't right here. You don't need 500,000 people in a grand conspiracy. You need only 10, a small group of people. There's a piece of audio going around where there's a woman palming a USB stick. And then you can hear what someone say, we're probably going to get caught. I don't know if it was her. I don't know what she was referring to. Maybe she was talking about sneaking out for lunch. But Trump supporters hear that and they say, combine that with everything else, rigged election. It must be investigated and dealt with. They're not going to do it, are they? And then what? It's going to be chaos, I guess. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on my main channel. We got a bunch of major developments today in lawsuits. Uh, uh, You know, the Republicans in Georgia are blocking Trump. In order to check that out first, subscribe, like, hit the notification bell, then go up to the address bar and type this in youtube.com slash T-I-M-C-A-S-T, Timcast. Then press enter. Okay, I'm assuming you're, you're still hearing me because you didn't do that. But if you do, you will see my main channel. So I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all in the next segment, 4 p.m., youtube.com slash Timcast. Seriously, just type it in the address bar and press enter, and I will see you all then.